welcome to Miss Checkpoints, the Video Game Book Club podcast. Today we're starting a discussion on Into the Breach. I'm your host Marcus, and joining me today, as always, are the homies. First up, we have Greg. What's up? And last but not least, we got the homie Trevor. Just a warning: if you hear me scream over here, it's probably because I burnt my tongue on this hot tea. What? <laughs> just, just letting you know now. Like I, I made it. So I could drink it during the podcast, but I didn't have enough time to let it cool, so. Oh, baby. <laughs> All right, well, um, hope, hopefully you can drink that safely. Um, <laughs> but let's let's get into it. This is uh, my, I'm, I'm very, very, very excited for this game. Uh, this is my choice for the month of November, uh, so I'm going to kick us off. Um, well, it's a little lengthy. I was excited. Um... <clears throat> Into the Breach is a turn-based strategy game developed and published by indie studio Subset Games. Subset Games was founded in Shanghai by Justin Ma and Matthew Davis, both formerly 2K China employees. This is their second title. Their first title, FTL or Faster Than Light, was a hardcore roguelike where players try to guide a spaceship back to headquarters. FTL released in September 2012 and was a massive success. It was considered one of the major successful video game Kickstarter campaigns when in the spring of 2012, riding on the coattails of the uh, highly successful Double Fine Adventure Kickstarter, uh, they were able to raise uh, $200,000, which they were trying to get their funding goal was 100, uh, or excuse me, uh, 10K, so they raised over 2,000% over the requested budget. The massive success of FTL was unexpected and led to developing free DLC for the game about 18 months later. So development for Into the Breach started after they were finished. Um, their commitments to FTL were completed and it started in mid-2015. Uh, Davis and Ma tried various prototypes for a game, including one for a grid-based tactical system, something they recognized was resurging in the video game industry due to the success of the 2012 release XCOM Enemy Unknown. They liked the idea and recognized that they needed a hook to differentiate their game from XCOM. Into the Breach became a response to films like Man of Steel and Pacific Rim. According to Ma, the whole city gets demolished, but no one cares because the good guys won. They set out to make a game focusing on the impact of collateral damage. Battles took place between player-controlled giant mechs and uh, CPU-controlled giant insect aliens collectively called the Vec. Mountains could be torn down, forests burned, and buildings flattened. Defending buildings and other structures would become a priority than just winning a battle. To emphasize this in gameplay, they included a mechanic that mechs were powered from local power nodes in the buildings so that if these buildings were destroyed, they may not be able to power the mechs. This created tough decisions for players, such as whether to destroy a building to get a short-term advantage in battle, or to prevent a catastrophe to a large number of buildings. To further emphasize, they needed to care for that players needed to care for these buildings. Chris Avalon's, or Chris, I don't know how to say his name. It's either Chris Avalon or Chris Avalone. Uh, his story was written to remind players that as they fight mechs, people were cowering for safety in these buildings, as well as cheering on the mechs and that they were used to create an emotional impact when these player, uh, people were killed when a building is destroyed and you visibly see your civilian saved number d- dwindling. 
In, con in contrast to XCOM, where a simple battle may take up to an hour to complete all the objectives, Subset wanted each battle to be relatively short in terms of gameplay time. A limited turn counter was used to keep battles short, and Subset found that telegraphing the enemy's movement further hastened the pace. Lastly, they developed scenarios and situations that required the player to devise new strategies on the fly, which they anticipated that players would build upon in later parts of the game. Um... <clears throat> The player controls three different mechs equipped with a variety of weapons, armor, and equipment. In combat, you're given an objective for the map, along with a fixed number of turns to complete the objective or objectives. The principal goal for any map is to protect civilian structures, which support the power grid that supports the mechs. But there are additional objectives on each map. Should a civilian structure get damaged or destroyed, the power grid is weakened. On each turn, the enemy VEC forces move across the board and attack. The player is shown the direction of the VEX unit's intended targets, their health, any sort of status effects, and the turn order. On the player's turn, they have the ability to move each mech and fire weapons in order to either defeat the VEX unit, push it off its line of attack, avoid an attack, intercept newly emerging VEX, or any number of other actions. Mechs can only take a limited amount of damage before becoming inoperable. Pilots of mech gain experience points as you defeat VEC, which in turn can be used to further unlock and upgrade new skills for the mech that they are piloting. The gameplay of Into the Breach has been compared to that of the ultimate game, Chess, as it is less about overpowering the opposing forces and instead about maintaining positional control and sometimes sacrificing units to gain a larger advantage. Uh, the game was released for Windows in February 2018 and later on macOS and Switch in August of 2018. And just this year, it came out on Linux in April, and this past September, there was a Switch version in Japan that was released. It received praise upon its release and currently holds a 90 out of 100 on Metacritic. It was the site's best-reviewed PC game for 2018. It's lauded for its simple but strategic gameplay, high-difficulty art style and soundtrack. And just to, I guess, keep this since we all... You know, listen to Giant Bomb. It was runner-up for Best of Debut and Game of the Year and their 2018 Game of the Year awards. And that is my introduction. <clears throat> it, was a, it was a lot. You mentioned all the games I was going to mention. <laughs> a word? Chess? I think it was like <laughs> XCOM? <laughs> FTL? FTL and um... Oh, there was one you didn't mention. What was that? Advance Wars. Oh, yeah, we were going to mention it in this uh, discussion. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I guess we have to since we played it. Yeah, we, we're going to have to. So, um, like I said, I, this is, for me, this is a, like a forever game. Like, uh, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Subset. Like, both FTL and Into the Breach are two of my favorite games of all time. Um, I... Before we started this, um, I had about 30 hours on PC version of FT, uh, Into the Breach, and I actually started playing this game in October because I had mixed our months up, so I had started playing this game way back in October thinking it was an October game, uh, but since then I've gotten, I've, I got this game on Switch and I put about, when I checked earlier today, uh, I have 70 hours in this game. <laughs> Wow. On um, on just Switch, so between the two versions I have a hundred hours. Um so I ask me anything about Into the Breach. <laughs> um 
this is I yeah I'm I'm super excited. Um, so yeah, uh, let's 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 get into it. Uh, what did you guys play this on? Uh, I played on PC. Played on Switch. Okay. Um, how how did you like the Switch version? It's it's nice. It's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize until maybe about halfway in, into my playthrough, I played about 15 hours, according to my Switch. I played, uh, or I guess more than 15 hours, but about halfway through I realized, oh yeah, there's touch controls. And so um, I, I didn't really get to get around to using those, but uh, everything else, as far as like the control schemes... I didn't have to go into the menu to change anything. Everything felt comfortable. Yeah. Um, I, when I started playing this on Switch, I didn't like it. And I was like, uh, you know, I can't get used to playing this. But after a while, um, I think I actually... I got used to it. And I think I actually prefer it. Because it is so... Like, it's so easy to kind of pick up and play this game and knock out a couple of maps and, like, go about your day. Yeah. That um, I, like, I was like, how did I used to play this on PC? Because I'm never at my PC for, like, you know, uh, 10 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever. Like, when I get when I sit down on my PC, I'm like, I plan on chalking out at least two hours of time, you know? Um, and so... I like was playing this all the, obviously with 70 hours I was playing this all the time on my Switch where I could be like I'm in the middle of a you know conference call or whatever and I just need to half listen or you know we're about to go walk the dog you know my wife's getting dressed or whatever I can knock out a map or two like it was just like it was a revelation <laughs> I'll also yeah. say another reason why I'm glad I played it on Switch is because when I actually got into a groove in this game I was up till about one o'clock in the morning playing. Yeah, and you don't want to be doing that, you know, sitting behind a computer. Yeah, I can play it in bed. <laughs> did you Did you have any regrets, Greg? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's more of like a personal gripe because I, I don't have like a Switch or whatever. But like, yeah, I definitely would have spent more time with it if it was on like a portable console or something like that. Like, even if it was available, like just on phones, right? Like, I could, I mean feasibly i could see how it would be on there i don't know what limitations they would run into putting it on a phone but yeah i mean if it was like on a you know mobile devices like yeah because i think i played ftl on ipad ftl is on ipad um but like uh ftl came out like i said 2012 i think and so like it's been supported a lot yeah. Um and I like my hope for this game, this game is only like a two year old game. I don't know um if they've announced a, another game yet. So I'm like hopeful that this game continues to get support, whether it be a, uh, additional content or um even just porting it on more version you know, more um systems. Because uh, I think FTL I think you can play it on a browser too. Um you know, at this point, it's it's. Um, I'm pretty sure you can. Um, well, they do say that. I'm looking on the Wikipedia for End of the Breach. It says it's coming to Stadia on December 1st. So, hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and it's only a two a two man team. Hold up, these dogs. <laughs> but uh oh, but also. I did. Uh, I ended up getting a Switch as a Christmas gift for my kids, so now I can actually start playing 
Switch games. So. You mean you got a Switch? No, uh, well, you, you said it right. You said it right. <laughs> I, I think that's basically the same thing I did with my Switch. Um, it's it's technically for my daughter, but she's two, so yeah, eh, she likes watching games on it. She didn't really watch Into the Breach. Not her type of thing, huh? No. And <laughs> at first, I didn't think it was going to be my type of thing because you probably remember our discussion on Advance Wars. Yeah. And so I was kind of dreading the idea of, of going back to another um, turn-based strategy game. Well, that's fair enough. But, I mean, what I guess, uh, what was the difference between this and Advance Wars for you? This game was, was fun. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> um, Ad- Advance Wars was... Hmm... I'm trying to even remember what how I mean I did like Advance Wars, but I'm just trying to think back to like any issues. It, it I had seemed with. more like a chore to play Advance Wars. I could, I could. Mm. I mean, I did enjoy it because I do like turn-based strategy games. I yeah. did enjoy it up to a point, and that was when I think I got into one of the what do you call it, the optional missions, where mm-hmm. like if you get a certain rank on a on a mission, it gives you the. Um, a more difficult one and you can't yeah. skip it i think that's where i got stuck and it kind of turned me off to the game oh yeah, yeah that in the fog of war but yeah, this game sucks. here like <laughs> it feels more accessible right uh i guess the the only issue i really ran into with this game was um when i play strategy games i feel like i need to do everything perfectly like i don't know if that's just yeah. me and i feel like with this game it's made in a way where you won't, you're not always going to have the perfect option. Sometimes you're going to have to make a sacrifice and you know, whether you want to take damage or, you know, potentially uh, lose a unit or something. But yeah, I feel like it's very difficult to always just have like a perfect playthrough in this game. And you learn from it too. Like, yeah. cause they give you like on every time you start up a, um, uh, what do you call it? Like each battle, I guess, not necessarily the entire island, mm-hmm. but each battle gives you a kind of a redo button. Yeah. And I guess we should probably explain like the gameplay first before we go into all those mechanics. Uh, my bad. These, these dogs are like wrestling here. You know, it's like <laughs> when your your mom is off talking to her friend, and you're like wrestling with your brother or whatever, and then she just hears the thunk, and then she just comes and just. That was me right now with these two dogs. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I heard you guys talking about uh, Advance Wars. Yeah. And that actually was one of the questions that I had where it was like, what is it about this game that um, you guys felt like you liked more or less than Advance Wars? And I know the Fog of War thing was a big deal. I know for me and you, Trevor. Yeah. Um, the, the One of the things that I really appreciate about this game... And I am with you, Greg. Like, I, I, I want to know everything. And um, being able to see the entire field and know exactly, like, this enemy is going to attack here, this enemy is going to attack here. So it feels like you can kind of plot out. And it, it, it literally does feel like you're playing chess in a way mm-hmm. where that I don't get that. I didn't get that feeling when I was playing Advanced Wars. I felt like sometimes I had to react to something that I didn't see coming. Or, um, you know, it's like, I, I'm a very, 
cautious person, especially when I'm playing like kind of video games that I'm not familiar with. So mm-hmm. like I I wasn't like I'm gonna go send my dude all the way through this fog of war or whatever. Like a lot of times I'd get to the edge and I kind of post up for like a turn or two. <laughs> yeah. And um, so that was one of the things that I really do appreciate about this game. But I'm also with you where it's like I had to teach myself playing this game that like it's okay. Like you're not gonna have a perfect run. And, and even like my 12 hours in, I still felt like I was, I just felt bad for just messing up. You know what I mean? Like I still would just kind of be like, oh, mm-hmm. but yeah. When, when you say messing up, what do you mean? Like losing a building or do you yeah, mean like losing just even match? losing buildings? Like I, sometimes I knew it was like, well, there was no other choice here other than I would just have to let the building, you know, lose a building or whatever. Or sometimes, uh, you know, like intentionally damaging other units to try and yes like, doing stuff like that it's just like oh, i feel so bad about doing this but like i can't really think of a, another way of, of going about it you know yeah yeah like one of my favorite things is watching like i when this game first came out uh there was people you know people streaming it or whatever and watching people play this game and seeing them do things and it's in like a, a way that's different than how i play was like super like eye opening because it was like oh snaps like this is how they're using these two mechs to work together and I use them in a completely different way or I use them kind of independently and like now I'm starting to see the synergy around why the squad is the way the squad is. Um, yeah, that'd probably be interesting. I, I should have watched some some other people play it because my method for playing this game is super slow. Mm-hmm. Like, methodical. I, I, I have to map out every single move. I have to know exactly, like, okay, if I if I hit this enemy here, um, you know, they're going to attack and, and push me this way. And then, you know, I was constantly looking back at the turn order. Yep. I, think, I, don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with playing the game. Like, there's so many different ways you can play the game that that definitely works. And I think that that is, like you are learning the game by doing that. Like, the fact that you went through that that process and were, like, looking at the turn order and being methodical meant that you were trying to, like, learn the systems. And that was, like, one of the things... um, One of the things I like about subset games and the reason why I chose Into the Breach beyond just it being, in my opinion, uh, like the evolution of Advance Wars and like I was interested to see how you guys felt about this game was that I wanted to play a game that was pretty systems heavy where a lot of different components are working together so you know like kind of like you have to pay attention to like the buildings you have to pay attention to your your mech's life you need to know how your guys's uh equipment and weapons work together you need to be able to um you know you have to make sure that you're leveling up your uh uh, grid defense you need to make sure that you're leveling up your mech you need to make sure that you're getting experience for these different mechs and you you know all Mm -hmm. that stuff and i feel like this game is like it's so there's a lot it, going on. It, there's a lot going on, and the thing that I like about it is it seems so inviting, though, because it's like, it doesn't, the game looks very, I don't want to say, like, kid-like, kitty, but it looks very, like, soft. It doesn't look like a hard game. 
you know, it looks like it's like it looks like Advance Force. You know, it has that kind of yeah. same feel. But I, I feel like this game is more difficult than Advance Wars. Yeah, sense. well, I mean, as far as it look like, you know, you can only have, like, even, like, games like the older Final Fantasy games when they make the um, the sprites for each character, you know, they look a little bit more cartoonish. I think that's how this game is translated over, but, you know, along with the interface and the music, it gives it a more... Not necessarily adult feel, but a more mature feel. I mean, not only that too, but it's even just like the the the. You're, <laughs> one of the things that I like uh, when I when this game first came out that I never even took and uh, realized was like when you go to each island, you're talking to a head of corporation, and they're basically saying like, "We need you here in order to like kind of save our company," <laughs> mm-hmm. and it, it was like. There's also that going on, you know, like, it's really, like like I said, with the writing and, like, how when you're doing attacks and stuff, your pilots have, like, their their banter between themselves. Mm-hmm. And then you can also see, like, little dialogue bubble, um, bubbles popping up out of buildings when they're cheering you on or, like, you know, like, t- talking, tr- like, the, the civilians are talking trash to the vet or whatever. <laughs> it's just, like, there's so much, like... It's like the perfect amount of detail. Like, yeah. <laughs> even like when you, um, like when you, I don't know if you guys saw, but like the background of the grid, um, like the background of the screen, it's like it just says warning, 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 um, just repeated over and over again. And then when um, the uh, VEC attack a building and it resists, it flashes to green and everything says resisted. And then it goes back to like, like, I really just... I love this game. (laughs) Um, And even just, like, the different status effects and, like, when they have those, uh, like, specific... uh, I think they're called the Scion uh, mechs Mm -hmm. or uh, Vex. The little balloon-looking ones that don't attack, but they do some type of status effect for all the enemies on the screen. And, like, how those change up the gameplay. If it's like, oh, like, if I kill an enemy now with this guy on here, it's going to cause explosive damage. Or if I kill this guy now, um, or it, it's gonna, they have one hit of armor now, so I have to do more. I have to... I'm not going to be able to kill him in one attack like I used to be able to. And then even just like the, the fire, the way that interacted and the ice and the um, the poison. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. So let's set up, um, I guess, the gameplay. Sure. That way sure. we can get a little bit deeper into the mechanics. Sure, sure. So um, basically, when you start off, you choose a three mech squad. Um, each of these squads, I, I think when you first start, you only have access to one, and it's a pretty kind of, I don't want to say generic, but it's a good beginner squad because it teaches you some of the important introductory introductory like mechanics of the game so it teaches you about damage it teaches you about moving mechs um and or like being able to like attack something not necessarily for damage but pushing it in a specific direction mm-hmm. um and also you're you're you know having to play around uh the buildings because i think uh at that point, you learn that, oh, if I hit a building or if I hit something into a building, the building still takes damage and, and things like that. And um, so you start off with that 
kind of basic mech and our basic squad. And I guess once you hop into battle, you have four islands to choose from. Or did you only have the two from the beginning? I think you have two or three from the beginning. Actually, I think you only you start with one. And yeah, then you, you only get one. one. Okay, so you, you have start to off, go ahead. once you um, like clear an island, then you can start that island at the beginning. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, you start with the. I want to say it's just like the basic island. I don't really know. It has. Uh, it's. It's. I feel like it's the easiest island, or the one that has like the. It's the most beginner friendly. The only really structures they have, they have water in there that you can hit met or you can hit Vex into water um, and usually kills them unless they're a flying uh, type uh, Vex. Or, um, and then they have forests that when you attack uh, an enemy that's on the forest grid, it lights it on fire and then they start taking fire damage. Um, what did you guys think of that first island and like, what did you guys think of the first? Uh, squad as far as like do you feel like it was the best squad to kind of teach you the, 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 the basics oh yeah especially to learn like the pushing mechanic mm-hmm. because when I was I think when I was first looking up this game I thought it was going to be more of like a um, I'm trying to think of an example basically I don't know. I, I thought you'd be pushing like enemies all the way across the map. Oh, more uh, than one square. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, it's it's a little bit different than I thought. But uh, this this team is, is very balanced, especially going back to them after playing some of the other ones, mm-hmm. because some of mm-hmm. the other teams feel like they lean more towards like one specific mech. Like these two mechs support this one. Mm-hmm. Or these two are doing a certain thing, and then this one is off, you know, firing from a distance or or just going in and out. Uh, whereas this one here that it starts you off with, called the Rift Walkers, yeah, uh, it just feels really balanced. It's more of a pushing squad. That's the main, or at least pushing. It feels like. Uh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say pushing, but also like all of them could deal out some damage. Yeah. And I feel like that was something that um, you don't recognize it when you first start. You're like, oh, this is like, I feel like it's good and it's bad because I feel like this, like you said, it's the most balanced and it's like the best one to learn with. But I don't think it does a good job of like showing you like everything because I know it's a huge change of pace when you unlock the second uh, squad. It's completely different. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it initially makes you feel like the way you should play it is just kill everything versus, like, trying to manage it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, like, you, and you, so I think they're a really good beginner squad, and they have, like, it, it's it's three different mechs. There's a, a artillery mech that kind of just shoots like a mortar that pushes all the enemies in the squares, uh connect or you know um, beside the impact area there's a cannon mech that just shoots in a straight line and then there's a combat mech which is it basically has a punching attack and then like later on like if you earn enough experience and, and whatnot and upgrade your mechs you can kind of like start like doing more things with your mech so i think like the first thing with the artillery is is now you can um when you upgrade that it 
you can fire at your building and the building not take damage, but it, it still pushes the squares closest to it. So, like, sometimes um, there's a specific type of um, Vec. Vecs are um, the enemies and they're all kind of, like, giant alien insect creatures. And they kind of, like, look like everyday bugs that you would see. So there's, like, a, a wasp. There's a... Um, uh, like a beetle, there's a spider, there's a scorpion, um, there's a some other some other ones, uh, but um, one they they each have their own unique kind of attack pattern as well. So um, uh, one of them is prone to kind of webbing anything that's close to it, and it can't move. So sometimes they'll do that on buildings. So like using the artillery met to kind of shoot at the building it's webbed to to push it back is a strategy. Or you can like shoot beside it and push it to the side. Like there, there's some strategy there. Um, and then uh, I, the upgrades for the cannon mech was just to add more damage. And then the upgrade for the combat mech was basically bionic arm. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and like you could literally go like I think the the grid. The, the playing field that you're on is an 8x8. Eight eight. Is that sound right? 8x8 eight eight or 9x9? Nine nine? Uh, I'm looking at it. Yeah, it's 8x8. Eight eight. So you're playing on an 8x8 eight eight grid. Um, and so you can literally, once you upgrade the combat mech's uh, ability, he gets a dash punch. And you can basically dash across the entire screen. And that was still like one of the most satisfying. <laughs> like every time I'm just like... You <laughs> like every time, like uh, it was just like so satisfying to do that. From like, especially if you like knock him into like uh, like water or something that's like an insta kill, and it's just so satisfying. And I think with this squad too, since it is a little bit more balanced, none of the mechs actually um, like have a a really uh, high movement speed. Mm-hmm. So if you do have your combat mech, mech over like on the opposite side of the map and none of your other two mechs can get to an enemy and it might be trying to take out something significant, you can use that um, that rocket punch or whatever mm-hmm. it's called to yeah, fly yeah. all the way across the map. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it adds some mobility that you are severely lacking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's other things you can upgrade to. So you can upgrade the amount of HP that your mech has. Or you can upgrade the mu- movement speed or like not movement speed, but the amount of uh, squares that it can move in a turn. And then there's also as you're getting experience killing back, you are getting experience for your pilot and your pilots also have um, levels, I guess you could say, and they can level up twice. And each pilot has their own unique like system so what they do is the 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 game you have like a special mech or not a mech a special pilot who is like a named character that has like a portrait and um they have like some type of special ability so there are i want to say about 12 different uh pilots and each of them have their own uh 12 different unique pilots and each of them have their own unique ability so there's one um pilot that he has an extra hit of armor and whatever mech he's in there's another pilot that starts off with the shield there's a pilot that doesn't get uh doesn't get webbed there's a pilot that after you do an attack 
you can move another turn. There's a pilot that if you don't move on your turn, you can do two attacks in a row. Um, and then uh, there's also like you know just kind of the generic pilots who those uh, are unnamed. They're named, but they're like faceless. You don't get to see what they look like. Uh, they're usually wearing some type of visor or helmet, uh, kind of like Carmine from Gears of War. <laughs> Um, and, uh, he, uh, are, they, um, are, they don't have the unique ability, but they still can be leveled up twice. And, like, leveling up does things like you can get, uh, an extra point to upgrade your mech. You can get additional defense to your, um, uh, grid defense. You can get an extra movement speed. You can get a- extra HP. So it just very de- depends on the pilot that you're using. And it always kind of, like, it, 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 it wasn't an issue with the first uh, mech because it's pretty, or the first squad because it's pretty balanced. But um, did you guys ever run into an issue, a problem where you're like, I leveled up these two pilots, but I for the li- like, this pilot's in a mech that doesn't do any damage and it's just, like, super hard to level it up? Um, yeah, there's one that... Actually, there's a couple of units. There's one that's like it has the grappling hook, right? Where yeah, yeah. It's like I don't really find very many opportunities to like level that up. Get a kill. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's another one too. I'm trying to remember. I think it's one that you can push enemies with. That one is the same deal. But I, I guess actually no. There's there's two. There's there's one that you can pull them to you, but it doesn't do any damage. And there's one that you can also pull them into you and, and do damage that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that one was a little bit easier because sometimes I would just take the hit and uh, and try and finish off enemies that way. Mm-hmm. So my two favorite pilots. Uh, let me see. I'm looking at them now. One was Ghana. Basically, you can deploy anywhere on the map, mm-hmm. and it damages adjacent enemies. Yeah, <laughs> you get that free damage. And then the other one was Archimedes, where you can move again after you use your weapon. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess we can kind of talk a little bit about the combat too, where um, somebody like Archimedes is useful because the way your turn works is is or the way combat works is you you place your enemy or you place your mechs on the map, and there's usually like a designated area, like back line, kind of close to the buildings that you set up, and then the vex set up on the other side of the the field. And then the turn starts, and they all move into position, the VEC, and then it's your turn, and you have an opportunity to kind of counter what they're doing. So they may be attacking buildings, they may be attacking whatever you have to defend, they may be attacking your mechs, or they could just be positioning. And you set your mechs, um, or you, you do your turn, and you do your actions, and like after that, the turn ends... The VEC do what they're supposed to do, their actions, and then they do another, that that turn ends, and then the next turn starts, They the VEC move and set their actions, and then that's the back and forth. So each mech only has, they can only do one attack per turn. So somebody like an Archimedes is really cool, because I think you can move, attack, and then move again, right? Yeah, Trevor. Mm-hmm. So normally the way it works is once you move, then you attack and your turn that your turn with that mech is over. But like that pilot is useful because you can literally move your four squares, 
do an attack, and then move four more squares. You can kind of get in, do damage, and then get out. So it, it, it's very useful for that. And there's, there's a ton of different pilots that like help with that. Where, like I said, there's the one where if you don't move on your turn, you get two attacks. So you could literally, like, if you're like the cannon in the cannon mech with that pilot, you could literally shoot an enemy twice for like two damage each, and like you, you're doing a decent amount of damage on a single turn. Um, Which pilot was that? I don't think I got that one. That pilot was a uh, sil- silica. Yeah, I didn't get that one. I only but you have about half of them. Gotcha, gotcha. It's another one of those robot-looking pilots. Hmm. Um, but yeah, there, there, there's a lot of variety between the different um, pilots too, because um, they're all useful and they all like. I, I actually saw it today or yesterday, but there's like a tier list of like this is the pilot that like this is the best pilot for this squad, and, or this is the best pilot for this particular mech, and things like that too. So like it, it's it's really kind of cool to see that because it's it's not like oh this pilot is you know only good with this particular mech like some of these pilots are like useful across different mechs and mm-hmm. all that um what else am I you know what the just something random I was thinking I guess it was kind of weird to me for a strategy game because I'm always used to uh, the player turn first ra- mm-hmm. rather than it being like enemy turn. That was kind of like off-putting at first, being like, "Oh, well, they get to move first versus you know, like every mm-hmm. other strategy game I played isn't like that." And it's actually something I really like about this game because it's like the computer is setting up a puzzle for you, yeah, and it's saying, yes. "Okay, yes. here's the scenario. <laughs> Figure out the solution." And it, and it feels like there's always a better solution, like where you can end it and. You know, you don't take any damage. Uh, all of your units are safe, and then it puts you in a position to, um, you know, prepare for the next attack. Yeah, yeah. It's. It, it's. I'm so glad you said that. Yes, it is. It is like. It's like Advanced Wars cross with Baba is you almost, <laughs> where there's like a logic to each individual squad, where it's like this squad interacts this way. And you know going into each map what exactly your squad can do. But you may not know what the types of enemies you're going to fight. You may not know how they are going to position themselves on the map. But you only can you can only interact with them in a specific way. Otherwise, there's consequences if you try to break the like break how you're supposed to be playing the the, the squad. Um, and I, I think that the game also is just so, and I don't know if you guys experienced this, uh, cause you guys both played on easy, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys, uh, end up bumping it up to normal or? I did a couple times. Yeah. Just to try Cause once I started unlocking other squads and getting mm-hmm. a better idea how to play it, I would, uh, mm-hmm. I would just go up and, and if it, if it was just still too frustrating or whatever, I'd bump it down mm-hmm. just to try and unlock some more stuff. And yeah, like I, I specifically had told you guys to probably start the game on easy, not as a knock, but as a way to unlock some squads and just get a feel for the game. And then you could bump it up to normal because I felt like if you were going to be trying the game on normal, trying to learn it and not making any progress unlocking any squads, you guys were going to stick with the game too long. <laughs> yeah, and that was my problem when I started. I was on normal 
and I didn't know how to play the game. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean I knew how to set up my units. I knew how to tell them, you know, what to do and and uh, you know what skills they had. But as far as what you did outside of combat, I had no idea what I was doing. And apparently, I wasn't completing the optional objectives, which mm-hmm. is really significant mm-hmm. um, when it comes to upgrading your mechs and your pilots. And yes. <laughs> I wasn't doing any of that. And so I wasn't getting any of the achievements to get coins to unlock the next squad. And so mm-hmm. it, it felt like I, I wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't moving at all playing mm-hmm. this game. We had a what, a 30-minute chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, man, what what am I doing wrong? Why am I not progressing? Yeah. So um, I was glad that could help you. I could help you out because I definitely could see because like when I first started playing this game I was in the same boat as you guys where like I was playing on normal and I was just like it's cool but this game is like I don't like it's it's kind of hard um and then when I dropped it down and, and kind of I don't want to say boring but it was just like I'm over this squad like I want to yeah. see what else is available and I, I dropped it down too easy and I was able to like kind of build up the you know get the building blocks for the basics that you need to know in this game um, positioning and like the attack and being able to push enemies and kind of things like that and it also gave me like the fundamentals to play each of the squads mm-hmm. so like I may not play the squads the way they are designed to be played 100% but like I knew enough of the fundamentals where I could pick up a squad and kind of like it's almost like when you're playing fighting games Greg and you're like I've never I've never played this character, but I've seen enough other people play this character, and right. I have enough experience playing this game now that I can kind of know what I need to do with this squad just based off of looking at their moveset. Yeah, <laughs> and and I, I feel like the, playing this game on easy is, uh, like I said, a good way of unlocking squads and kind of building up your fundamentals. Because I know that, like like I said, I, I had played this game thirty hours on PC way back, and I don't think I d- did a lot of it on normal because I just wasn't good enough. And I told myself when I started this game for the podcast on my Switch, I was like, I'm not playing on easy. I'm going to play on normal because I want to get better at this game. So like when I first was playing, I was like maybe winning 10% of the time. Um, but I was kind of just focused on unlocking achievements and everything on the Switch version. But like I was learning as I was progressing and I was like oh this is like this is something that I'm learning on normal that I didn't know on easy because it wasn't important Mm -hmm. this is something I learned on normal you know like positioning became way more important on normal than it did on easy mode um just like interacting because like you're you're not only dealing with more enemies um but they also have more life and um so I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that the AI is smarter. It's just like now instead of it being a three on three fight, it's like a three on six or like, you know, three on five, three on six. I remember telling you guys at one point I was playing on a boss level. I had like every time an enemy uh, appears and sets their turn, you hear a little dink, a ding, and it gets higher and higher the, after each turn. And I heard, heard tones that I had never heard <laughs> before because there was literally like at one point there was 12 enemies on the screen. 
and like I had just I had never gotten the double digits of enemies before. It was just like, oh, I'm 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 screwed. I don't think I want that anxiety. <laughs> but it, it's fun though. Like one of the ways I played, you know, even on easy, was I would always try to end my turn blocking a unit blocking an enemy uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> just because i was like okay if i've got more enemies than mechs i'm in, in a bad situation yeah <laughs> i was like i don't need that anxiety so like it's one of the things that i learned on because i used to play that way on easy but then one of the things i learned on normal was like okay i like i have like an internal like okay you know at all times there's three of me okay if i kill one and one emerges where we're still like nothing's changed, hmm. but I can't not kill one and then three more yeah, come exactly. up. Like, <laughs> and but then like it was just like I'm not going to be able to kill three and defi- like this. This is how the game. This is how the game works for me. It's like okay, there's three on three. Okay, I kill two. I, I do damage on the third one. Two more appear. So now it's three on three again, but one is slightly damaged. I kill two. Now there's four more that come up, so now it's five on three, their advantage, and it's like, okay, now it's at the point where I can't hit all five of these people at once, so it's like, is it better for me to take damage on a mech? Is it better for this thing I'm defending to take damage? Mm -hmm. Is it better for me, can I destroy this building or like do damage to this building and kill this this person and or you know, this mech? It, It like it becomes like a weighing all the options and like I, I can understand from Greg's point of view when he was saying it, it gave him so much like he wanted to have a perfect run and like you, you can't do that in this game if, you, if you're if you playing the game yeah. the way it was meant to be played because you have to weigh all the the pros and cons and like you sometimes you have to sacrifice a building in order to kill something because you know if I let this thing live it's going to get another life you know bit of health or it's going to be in a completely different part of the map or you know like all these different things that you kind of have to weigh when you're playing the other thing about it too and Dante just brought this up the rewind mechanic that it has Mm -hmm. so by default you get one rewind per battle and that rewind is only for your turn turn before it actually ends and the reason why that's important is because like Marcus was saying once you attack that's the end of that mech's um, action like you can't move anymore and you can't retract your movement like before you attack you can place your unit somewhere else like within your movement speed just to see okay if I move here what can I do? But once you hit that attack button, that mech is pretty much set. Yeah. And the only way you can go back is to use the rewind mechanic, which you only mm-hmm. get one of. And it's very clutch because there are so many situations where it's like, literally, like, if you just change, the, like, you can do the same exact actions with your mechs. But if you just change the turn order, mm-hmm. you have drastically different results where it's like, oh, if I move this mech here and, and shoot this mech with this other one, it's going to take this damage and then get pushed into my mech and take another hit of damage. And that extra hit of damage may be the difference between killing that enemy or not. And then on top of that, it's like, oh, 
my t- my mech only has one more hit of damage. If I do this now, that mech is dead, and I lose a pilot. But if I did it before, then my mech, you know, if I did it before I moved that other mech there, then he's still alive. And it's like so many decisions that you have to make where it's just like, especially on like the higher of the higher difficulties where it's like, sorry, homie, you're about to have to eat that damage because <laughs> I need to get rid of this. You know, it's just like, I'm about to punch this back into you. You're going to take a hit of damage, but he needs to take that extra bit of damage because... He needs to die. He needs to go today. <laughs> and there's even depth to like the movements because you can actually, um, you don't have to use your attack after you move one of your units. You can move them. You can move one mech and then move another mech and then attack with the first mech you moved before attacking with the second one. But again, it go it goes back to that rewind. Once you use your attack. Any movements that you made before attacking are pretty much set in stone. You can't go back. And that comes in handy because, for instance, you could have an enemy unit that is blocking another mech. But if you use one of your mechs to kill that unit, you could then move another mech. Um, You get a little bit more movement speed out of that one. So, like Marcus was saying, you know, you have to look at your... Um, I guess your turns um, and actions. Your turn order, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's too many times where, well, actually, kind of piggybacking off of that, my favorite um, pilot was the dude that gave you an additional reset. <laughs> and that was super important for me as I was playing on normal because I was trying to improve the game, like, improve. And it was like being able to see a scenario twice, it kind of helped ingrain. Like I need to be very, very strategic in the way, the the order of operations. And now uh, I've weaned myself off of him because I no longer, I feel like I'm good enough now or knowledgeable enough now that I only need one reset because I've ingrained that in my head now so I know I need to be super careful in like planning out everything and like now I get to the point now where it's like I try to move all my mechs into position when like because I'm like I only got one restart so I need to like I move everybody into position do the turns or whatever or you know like when I use a restart I like okay let me run it back I said this person you know it's like those memes where it's like you helping somebody with math homework. <laughs> homework. <laughs> if Timmy has seven apples, <laughs> then like that's what I'm like. If I move this back here and this one here, I'm gonna hit this guy into him, and the, you know, and that that's kind of how I started playing on on normal. After I realized, like, oh, you know, like I need to like make sure I you know save this resource, this reset uh, resource, because it is super uh, important to keep. <laughs> Like, nothing worse than, like, first turn, ah, shit, got to use my restart. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've done that a couple of times. And then you got four more turns where you're just like, hope I don't mess up. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you want to talk about the other islands? Yeah, we can talk about the other islands. So um, the second island you unlock is, like, a desert island. And the gameplay mechanic that they introduce here is... Um, like sand 
And so when you attack enemies on a sand grid, it, it stirs up a cloud of uh, dust and it basically obscures uh, vision. So anybody on that cube can't do their attack. Um, so it, it works in both ways where you can attack an enemy on a sand square. Then their turn, uh, when it's their turn, they can't see, they can't do their attack. It's also an, an opposition. If, you, if you're playing a mech that it does like, I, I think there was one that was like a hopping mech. So when it hopped on the square, then its turn was over. Um, and if you got like grabbed, if you if you hopped on a sand square, then you know you're in a sand cloud now. And then you got grabbed by a mech that or by a vec that was like the webbing kind. Then you were like, oh shoot, I can't do anything because I can't. You you don't you lose your actions when you're uh, and you can only move uh, off of a. Um, dust uh, uh, dust clouds uh, grid, but if you're being held, then you have to rely on one of your other mechs to move, the, either kill or move the effect that's holding you so that way then you can move. Um, and then I guess it's worth pointing out that all of these uh, islands have water uh, squares as well and uh, like I said, grounded Vec, uh, when they get knocked in the water, it's an instant kill, but flying Vec obviously they don't get affected by it um and then for you your grounded mechs when they go into the water they they lose their action and uh but flying mechs that you have can attack over water uh and then they start introducing um some i guess we can talk about objectives too but they start introducing some different objectives and you start to see that there's objectives specific to islands so um, I think they don't really have anything super unique to the um, to the first island, but then the second island they start introducing other objectives. So like the basic ones you start with are like kill X amount of enemies or something like that. And I think on easy it's five. On normal I know it's seven, and I think it's seven on um, hard too. Uh, but like killing whatever the designated number of enemies is. There are some that you have to defend, like, a specific building. Uh, and it will have, like, an, it'll be a different art style. So, like, all the buildings kind of look like skyscrapers, the normal ones. But then they'll say, like, defend the coal plant or defend the... Um, uh, what's another building that they have in there? The, the factory. Power, yeah, the factory, the power stations. And those look a little bit different to, like, kind of uh, designate to you... Uh, to delineate that this is the special building that you need to, you know, protect. Uh, they'll have some that are like, uh, defend the train. And so like, there's a train track that's going through the middle of the level. And each turn, it moves to two squares. So you need to make sure that you are pre- like preventing the vet from attacking the train. Um, and then uh, what are some other ones? Block three Vec from emerging. So one of the things, the way they appear is they can come out of holes in the ground. They can hop out of water um, as well. Um, but the holes in the ground, they usually have like a, a Vec is emerging here. And it's kind of like, again, like here's a war where it's just like, you know, this thing is going to come out of this specific area. So you can do things prior to them happening to prevent it from happening. So you can move a mech or a rock or an enemy and knock it on top of that, that grid, that square, and then it blocks the um, 
the emerging vet from coming, and it does one point of damage. So you can kind of use their buddies coming as a an additional like bit of damage to do as well. So um, that that adds another cool mechanic to the game. And then there's also like one of the things too is like when they come out of a square that has some type of status on it, whether it be uh, on fire or have uh, poison on it, they are immediately afflicted by that status as soon as they pop up, um, which is another like kind of. Uh, strategy that you can use if you have specific types of mechs that do things like that um and then i think uh with the sand the desert island as well they uh start introducing these units that things that you have to defend that like do things mm-hmm. d- d- that the terraformer yeah. did you guys i love that that's like my favorite objective <laughs> um there's like a, a a device in the middle of the level and um you have to defend it and it also what it does is it turns any type of um, grass near it into sand, and so there's like an objective to you have to use the ability of the terraformer four times and turn all the grass around it into sand. And they also like when you do that, it kind of does like an earth earthquake and it kills anything on the squares in that area. And so you have to like do what you can to make sure your mechs aren't standing on those areas. And also try to position uh, enemies onto those areas as well. Um, so it's like a cool, like, different gameplay objective. Um, what did you guys overall think about the objectives? Like, did you did you think they... Did you try to do them? And do you think that they... Did you like them? I guess that's what I'll start with. Yeah, I liked them. It, it's... Uh... I don't know. I guess it, it's kind of counter, not counterintuitive, but it's that thing of like, I want to get them, but it's so hard sometimes to to accomplish them every time, right? Just because the way, or at least the way I played, um, and the way the game is, it's just you don't get those perfect runs all the time. So it's like sometimes you want to go for it, and you're just like, uh, I'm gonna have to, uh, gonna have to go ahead and take an L on this one, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, no, they're cool because I mean they they give you an incentive, right? Because you uh, you're getting uh, essentially currency to to uh, start upgrading uh, your squad mm-hmm. and stuff. So like it's super crucial to do objectives because as Greg said, like when you do an objective, you get a, p- a currency, whether it be um, reputation, which is what you use uh, to upgrade your mechs at the end, or it's it's basically the currency used to purchase things. I should say to upgrade or add new abilities to your mech. And then there's also, you get a thing called grid defense, which is basically like kind of powering up. And uh, it it kind of, this is the part where I guess it's kind of like XCOM, um, where like one of the things that I like about this game is you never have to worry about, and and it's the same thing, uh, this was something that uh, a differentiation differentiation between... uh, this and Advance Wars is like there's not like numbers like a dice being rolled it seems like remember in Advance Wars where it's like oh this is like 2 damage versus a 5 damage the 5 is going to win and maybe it's going to lose 1 troop or something like that um maybe you guys don't remember that yeah that was too long ago I tried to put those memories <laughs> back into well the- um this, this game is when you do an attack it 100% of the time hits yeah. on enemies. And when an enemy does an attack on you, it 100% of the time um, 
attack or damages you. But they have this thing on buildings when an enemy or you do damage to uh, a building, you have a percentage of defense. And the highest I've ever seen, I've ever personally gotten, was 49%. There is a cap to how much um, you can get, so you can never get to 100 or whatever. But it basically is that's the percentage chance that the building will reflect and not take any damage. So I think when you start off, uh, no matter the squad, I think you start off at around 15 or 18%. So it's like, you know, a pretty good shot, a pretty good chance that you are going to take damage every time. But not necessarily, but like you can, you can level it up as you're completing objectives and everything. And like, I know like, I was able to get to, um, by the end of one of my runs, I was, like, like I said, I got it up to 49%, which is the highest I had seen it. Normally, I try to shoot for a low to mid-30s is usually what I'm around. So about a third of the time, I don't take damage, which is very uh, crucial because, especially on the higher levels, as I said before, is you're fighting more enemies. So it becomes, like, there's more opportunities for the buildings to take damage and more because you're fighting more enemies so you have to like it it makes sure that you're especially on your p's and q's and and that's why it's so much so important in my opinion to get used to the game on easy because there's no way that i'd have been able to be successful on hard if i hadn't like kind of learned and gotten the i gotta have a perfect run out of my system too (laughs) because there's many times where an objective is like uh, protect the power plants and block three Vec. And I'm like, oh, they're about to attack a building that's not the power plant? All right, well, <laughs> ain't been a mess up my objective. I can still get that, so we're good. <laughs> and there's been many times where it's just like, you know, like, I obviously I had preferred that them to not do any damage on any buildings, but, like, if I had to choose a building, it's not the one I'm supposed to protect right now, <laughs> so <laughs> they're going to have to eat that because <laughs> I'm trying to do this objective. <laughs> And um, there was one round I did where I I think I got my defense percentage up to about 34, 36%. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got to the fourth island, I mean, every single attack, like whenever I would let the enemies... It was reflecting. Yeah. <laughs> it, feels, it feels so good. I was it's like, oh, like, thank you. Exactly. <laughs> I'll be doing the Tiger Woods. Like when I, when I have like one, one or two... Uh, squares left yeah. and I'm like ooh this attack's gonna kill and then it gets reflected I'll be doing the Tiger Woods fist pump like, yes <laughs> let me go ahead and start figuring out which team I wanna run with next yeah man cause it, it just be like man I didn't even get to level this guy up all the way and now I gotta end this yeah oh you're reflected oh okay yes. we still in there <laughs> yeah let's go <laughs> yeah so it, it you definitely get like a little bit of the the you know chance mm-hmm. I guess you could say that you expect in a tactical game and it's it's in that way it's not like oh am I going to hit this attack oh no I didn't hit it was 95% what the hell you know yeah. like that was something I've always heard is like a super frustrating thing and it's never <laughs> a, a, a um, like a a negative chance you know, it's always a positive. Oh yeah, yeah, it's always a positive. Like it's if they if positive. they do hit it, and you you know you have like a really high defense percentage, then at the same time it's just like, well, you know, they caught me slipping. You know what am I? Yeah, gonna exactly. Do? <laughs> <laughs> like you can do it again though. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, then the um, next island is the ice island, 
And uh, this one was pretty cool because uh, they introduced some other mechanics. So uh, they uh, there's robots that set ice mines down that um, <clears throat> if enemies stand on those squares, they turn into a block of ice and they basically lose their turn like for the rest of the match unless they get broken out of the ice. Um, and then there is also... Uh, um, I guess body of water that are covered in a sheet of ice mm-hmm. and it takes two attacks on a specific square in order to break the ice and it, then it becomes a normal water square so like you're like and then sometimes you'll go on a level that it's already a little bit cracked so he's like oh I can only do one attack on this before it goes so like you can kind of play around with that too where you can kind of create little pools of water in the middle of the map when normally uh, in levels, water is typically on the outer edges of a grid. There's, it's fair, fairly rare that they're in the middle of the grid. It happens, but typically they're on the outside. Um, <clears throat> uh, one of the oh, one of the other things too is like the random chance uh, situations too. Um, some levels on all islands really there's like a specific events that sometimes happen so i think like on the desert level there's like a desert storm and so sometimes like every turn there's like three or four squares that are designated that are going to get struck by lightning and anything human or you know mech or vec wise if it's in that square it's going to get bodied so you can you can kind of sometimes get random sections on a map that become death tiles as well um, I think on the uh, normal default island, sometimes there's earthquakes, and like when an earthquake happens, then like that tile just drops out. So, like I said, any type of grounded mech, yours or any grounded vec um, that's standing on there is just immediately going to die. Um, and they also have like a dam on one of the levels too, where if you break the dam, it creates like a river of water in the middle of the level, and that can be really clutch too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I, I know on the ice, uh, oh, there's, uh, also on the default level, there's airstrikes. So sometimes, uh, when you go to a map, there's random airstrikes happening on that level and then like a cross pattern and, uh, you have to like avoid those squares. Um, and I think on the ice one, there's like, uh, blizzards that are happening and they'll uh, turn anything that's within a certain three by three grid, um, or three by three a square section into just a block of ice. So it, it, it's kind of cool. Um, when your character gets afflicted by something like ice, you have to waste a turn mm-hmm. either attacking it with one of your mechs to break them free. They can get attacked by Vex and be broken free. Or if you're as that mech, you can heal and unthaw un, uh, yourself, I guess you could say. Break yourself free of the ice. Um, but it, it, it sometimes a lot like especially with the ice on the ice one it kind of teaches you like oh like before i think on the i guess with the the um dust too the smoke you you have to play around these squares because you can get affected by them too mm-hmm. where you know and it's not like a kill tile but it's like a status tile that you have to like play around um and then the last island is like the industrial island and they have like this toxic goo or like uh effects and when you get hit by it or anybody um they take double damage so it's kind of like the um you have to play around these these pools of green like acid almost because like 
oh, like now this attack that used to do two damage, uh, now it can do four. Or this attack that used to do four damage, now it can do eight damage. So it makes things become super deadly. Um, they also introduce some um, conveyor belts on that level too. And like those uh, move you along whatever path is designated by the arrow. So you can kind of play around with that and make enemies miss um, buildings because they're, you know, further, they're moving along the, the conveyor belt or whatever. And they also have teleporters on the, on the island as well. So there, there's a couple of different like tech related things on the industrial world. Um, what was your favorite island, Trevor? Probably. At least favorite. Probably the desert. That was your favorite? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Least fa- What about it? Um, I, I like the train levels. Mm. Those are That's fun. my least favorite, really? man. <laughs> I hate them. It, it felt like them. it was a distraction for the enemies because they would always go for the train. But that's like always an objective. So it was yeah. like... <laughs> Because, like, you know, like, sometimes when you play a level where it's, like, defend the factory or whatever, the factory is, like, way off in the back, and they never even, like, focus on it. But the train was always guaranteed that they were going to focus yeah. on it. And then the thing the thing I don't like about it is because if, I, if you play, like, that first mech, like, I guess it just depends. Because, like, if you play a, a squad that doesn't really have, like, really mobile mechs... If you can't get to the other side of that train, <laughs> it's a wrap. <rat>. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other thing is like if you only have one mech that can deal with attacking things on the other side, you have to do everything in your your power to keep that thing in a good location that it can always protect it, you know? <laughs> and it sometimes can get really hairy really quick. Yeah, and you can't the the other thing you have to think about with the train is the turn order. Because if um, if you leave an enemy on the tracks, um, mm-hmm. the you, train will run yeah, into it. The train will hit it, and then you have to think about: okay, is this enemy going to attack? You know, one of the other enemies, because that was another one of my strategies that that I like to use um, throughout this game was basically trying to line up enemies to attack mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there were a few times where I would do that, and it would put it would put me in a situation where I would end up making an enemy push an enemy into the train or in front of the train. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so that's, I caught myself thinking that the, uh, the train was going to go yeah, first. Yeah. Well, well I thought I was like, Oh, well I'll just let the enemy be in front of the train. Cause then that way the train's just going to run them over. And <laughs> be I was thinking the same and, thing. And I, was like, and I was like, no, that's not how it works. All right. Yeah. It, I, I, I kept running. The thing I run into the problem is it's like I always have an enemy that's attacking the train and an enemy that is standing in front of the train. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I got to move this character, but also, like, it's like I have to waste two turns dealing with these two things. And then oftentimes what happens is like my third in, my third teammate has to choose between which of these other three enemies do I want to hit so like I don't take three hits of damage, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I, I just... I, I don't know. The train has always been my least favorite. I don't know. Like, it just wasn't my favorite. Um, <clears throat> and what was your least favorite island? Definitely the fourth one. Oh, the industrial yeah. one? Yeah. When I first I, oh, got oh, to it, the acid <coughs> really confused me. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't understand. Like, cause, because it wasn't like fire where, you know, you get, you know, you move on to the square. I think it's like the first, um, the first mech or, or even enemy that touches the square is the one that's poisoned. Yeah, um, yeah. It's wait. So say that again. Say that again. I, I think when you when you hover over it and you look at the details, it says something about the first unit that steps onto that tile with acid on it is the one that's affected. By yeah, it. yeah. So when when you move a, a mech on a square, it takes all of the acid, and so when it moves off, it's no longer a puddle there. And. And it may have been one of the, I think they're scions. Is that what they're called? The yeah, the little balloon. Looking. It, it may have been one of their effects that was causing it. Um, like, is there one that causes like acid or something like that um, once enemies are killed? Not that I'm aware of. It, when you kill an enemy that is covered in acid, it leads to acid. Okay, that may be that, that may be. I think that's what it was then. Like I was killing an enemy. Like while they were near a building or something like that, and rather than just killing the enemy, the it like sprayed acid on the building too. Gotcha, gotcha. So there were I don't know there were just some confusing things about that level. Like I like the idea with the conveyor belts, but yeah, after I got to that one the first couple of times, I just started going for the um, the three island. Damn. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm never playing this one. Cuz I mean not to like you know this this game isn't like super easy but easy is like feels way easier than normal. Like the Oh yeah, for sure. Like normal I was barely getting to the second island. But on easy I was getting to the fourth island every time. Or a third gotcha, island and gotcha, then going gotcha. straight to the um um, the final battle. Mm-hmm. What about you, Greg? What was your favorite island? Uh, probably the desert one. I would, I would say, just because mm-hmm. that gave you an opportunity to. Uh, I guess you don't really you get more opportunities to use smoke there than you do. Um, yeah, I guess normally. Um, and then, yeah, I guess the the. I don't know if I have like a, a most hated one, but. I guess if I if if I would say one, it would be that industrial one. But I mean, I didn't hate it, but mm-hmm. I guess it was just like the the least like one. My favorite is the ice one, and my least favorite was the desert. <laughs> How come you didn't like the desert one? Because of the smoke. Uh. <laughs> it's like the reason you guys liked it. So like all the other statuses, it's like I can play with being you know uh, on fire. I can play with being. Um, covered in poison, I can play with. Uh, I can play with being frozen. You can't do anything when you're in the smoke. <laughs> like right. you can't. Uh, you can't attack. You can't heal. And like when I would, there's so many times where I'm playing mechs that do a lot of um, like area effect or whatever, and so it like limits where I can do turns. And like you're you're literally removing, like you're literally removing grids that you can use. As you're playing. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I can use them and, and push enemies into them, but if I get stuck in one, or if I create one, then it's a wrap. Because <laughs> then I have to use somebody to free that mech, so then, you know, and I, and I, I hate having to use, like, I will, obviously, but 
I don't like having to bail out a mech with another mech. I like each one to kind of handle themselves. Obviously, that's not, you know, like, possible all the time. But it's just, like, I want each one to be kind of self-sufficient. And uh, on the desert levels, that was usually not the case. And then just the other thing with the desert levels is they don't really have any... Like, I like trying to play around water. And um, there there was very few water levels just because it's the desert, you know? Or levels with water. Um, and then, like, some of the other, like, statuses. Um, I, I also like playing with fire. And there was, like, no vegetation or anything <laughs> on those. So, like, you couldn't really create fire... Us. I guess you could. Um, I take that back. You can. But Don't they um, have like a volcano or something like that on in the desert. I want to okay. Maybe I'm just misremembering. But there was like one, just, there, there's like a um, a thing you have to protect that can shoot. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I forgot what it was called. Um, but yeah, like it just it. I don't know. It just wasn't my favorite. Now, honestly, like yeah, like the ice one. I, I just really like that mechanic and playing that way like being able to basically end somebody's turn if you get them frozen or you know playing around that strategy where it's like okay I'm gonna get frozen because I have no other opportunity but it's gonna block this person's attack and then I'm gonna be unfrozen without having wasted a turn like I I, I really like that mechanic sometimes too um and then uh probably honestly my second favorite was probably the mechanical level uh, playing with the and I I was with you guys though like when I first played this game I didn't really care for the um, industrial kind of mechanical uh, world but um, for whatever reason when I was playing at this time especially on normal um, it's very clutch especially early on because you're like getting a lot more opportunities to do double damage when you just can't like otherwise you wouldn't be able to do enough damage in order to kill somebody because there's you know that aspect. Um, the poison, it, it's super helpful for that. And then also, like, one of the, one of my favorite missions was the one where you use the, uh, the mountain destroyer to shoot acid. Oh, yeah. That was maybe my favorite, like, mission in the game. And, uh, yeah, just being able to play that one was really cool. That was a really fun, unique to that island, uh, objective. So, King Zone 87 in, on Twitch says his favorite island was the Desert Island too. And he said the ice island gets bothersome because of all the ice spots. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. One thing I didn't like about... I didn't understand how those... um, The objective where you have to freeze a bot and defend Uh it. I didn't understand Mm -hmm. how that worked because the thing that you have to use to, to freeze the bots unless you have the squad that can freeze other mechs or freeze other enemies... Um, like you can't move that thing. Yeah, you can. It wasn't giving me that option. You have to. Uh, how, what do you mean? You just select it. Yeah, whenever I selected it, I didn't have the option to move it. Because like I would freeze one, and then on the next turn I would try to move it so I could get to the to another one because it usually puts it like in the very corner of the map, so you don't did have you, a choice but you, to move it. Did it get damaged? I don't believe so. Hmm, that's weird. I I, I like that one because on, on, in comparison, uh, there's other objectives. I guess we're saying this now, but where there's another, you get like a fourth teammate, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, like on the ice world, there's this tank that shoots ice. 
uh, and it has a pretty good range, but it only can take one hit of damage or something like that. And then I think on the first level, there's like an artillery, like uh, like it's like uh, those Humvees with, that shoots rockets out of of them, mm-hmm. and uh, those don't move that far, but they do a decent amount of damage over two squares. Um, and so like those missions where you have um, an additional teammate are usually pretty fun as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like the ice one. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure, Trevor. That's weird. I have to watch you play it on, on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'm trying to think. Is there anything? Do we want to talk about the final island? or? Yeah, we can talk about the final island. So, what do you think? So, just, just for a little bit of... Um, um, context like in order to get to the final island which is kind of like the boss level um or the final boss in a volcano (laughs) yeah you um you can go straight to it after completing the second island that you choose yeah yeah um so once you complete you once you've unlocked all the islands islands you can go you can go to them in any order and once you complete two of them you have the option to go to the final island I actually just thought of one more thing to say before we get onto this. Yeah. Once you clear an island, you get to spend your currency. Oh, and you yeah. Get access, you get access to the store. And, like, throughout the... After you beat each level, you're getting currency uh, when you do objectives. And um, occasionally you'll get, like, a reactor, which you use to upgrade your, um, your mech. Um, but at the end of the level, you get to spend your reputation, which you've been accruing throughout the entirety of the island, and you can purchase um, uh, more reactors to up- further upgrade your mech. You can purchase grid defense to upgrade your defense of these buildings, or you can purchase, I think it's usually designated as four or five uh, abilities. And these abilities, they're random every time. Um, but they're usually like an ability for each of your uh, different mechs, as well as sometimes there's a passive. So uh, each mech can have up to two abilities um, equipped. So every mech at least comes with whatever what their ability, their main weapon or whatever is, so, um, their main uh, attack. And then usually you can uh, most mechs have a free slot that you can up you can attach another ability to them. Uh, and uh, each one of the things we never said is there's four classes of mechs. There's range. There's um, uh, shoot, I can't think of the other three. Brute was one ranged, and I forgot the other two. But they each have their oh science. So I just brute science ranged and one other one prime prime. Those are the four. Yeah. So each um, class has access to certain attacks. Otherwise, like if you try to use a prime ability on a science mech, it, it's more expensive in order to... Uh, you, you have to use more reactors in order to uh, attach that um, ability. So it's not necessarily um, the best route to go. Um, and uh, because reactors are... Uh, once you once you upgrade your mech, and you once you install a reactor to a mech, it's locked to that mech. So um, it doesn't behoove you to kind of keep on fixing things and um, tweaking them. 
but one of the things I do like is that you can tweak uh, your reactors on a specific mech. Did you did you end up using that at all, Trevor? Oh yeah. Um, so I was gonna ask, did y'all upgrade your mechs like throughout the islands, or did you only do them at the end of each island? Throughout. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Throughout. If, if you mean. <laughs> no, I waited until the end. Like once I had the option to buy more upgrades, that mm-hmm. was when I did all of my upgrades before going to the next island. Uh, you know, tell you were playing on easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. There was I can't even count how many times where I'm like, thank God I upgraded my uh, damage <laughs> after I finished the last level because I. Scraped by this map on the skin of my teeth, and it was like there was so many times where it's like where I got like um, I got a pod or whatever, and you know, it had a reactor and an ability. And then the very next level, I'm like, damn, I should have attached that ability, I need it <laughs> so many times, or it was like, damn, I shouldn't have been stingy because you know, it's like, oh, I have two reactors and I can upgrade this mech. But if I get one more, I can put these three to upgrade this other one. And I'm like, let me go ahead and save it. And then, of course, the next time I'm like, damn, I needed, I should have, <laughs> if I could have done just a little bit more damage, then I, you know, like so many times. So I was just like, I'm never like purposely hoarding reactors unless I'm like, you know, saving up for a specific ability. <laughs> That's funny. Did you um? Did you want to get into the uh, final yeah. mission now? So in the final island, and that's after you've completed however many islands you want to after the second one, um, you get the option to go to the the final one, which is I guess like the um, it's it's more of like the race against time part of the story in this game. I don't I know we haven't talked about the narrative in this game at all. Um, but this is kind of like the, the climax of it where you're basically delving down into a, a volcano, um, killing mech or killing Vec and the, hmm, I don't, I don't know if it's a huge spoiler, but there are, are there two or three levels that you go down? Uh, well, you you start on the outside, and right? You and then then you do one level down, so it's just the two, I guess. Okay. For some reason, I was thinking three, but um, but yeah, um, you're basically fighting these Vec while you deal with environmental um actions, which could be like falling debris or um, lava could be flowing. Um, and there's a lot more, more so than some of the other islands that you've been on, um, which, Mm -hmm. you know, you can use to your advantage. Usually there is no, there aren't, there aren't any optional objectives. So that's one less thing you have to worry about. Uh, you can pretty much just kind of defend the, I guess they're like power pylons or something. The, um, yeah, yeah. Um, you can defend those and then, um, and then the final objective is to defend a bomb that's been placed. That's basically going to destroy all the Vec. And um, once you defend that, you um, you teleport to a different 
or not teleport, but you you're, you're, to you're a time travel, time, time travel. Yeah, so like the 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 at the end you find out that oh like you are playing one of infinite timelines with this pilot, and so what happens is oh you save this timeline, and then all three of the mechs are, are pilots or whoever's alive. You just see these things oh, happening, and um, um, sorry. So you see these you know. Uh, pilots basically warping out of their mech and then what happens is you when you finish the game you choose one of the pilots you you want to continue on with and then you choose a new squad and, and then you're starting back over again it's like it's it's really cool. it's really cool because like you see like um when they're when they're uh warping and you they're like you know their chat bubbles are coming up and it's like it's been a pleasure hope i see you in the next timeline or you know things like that and it's just like they're talking to each other and wishing everybody well and it's just like really cool but i i really like that hook as a way of like justifying you being able to like the the experience you got not being for nothing i really like that and it actually uh, reminded me of this game called and the gameplay is completely different but I don't know if you've ever played Super Time Force. That's you, you know, Greg. If anybody, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it sounds familiar. I'd have to look it up. Oh damn! Hold on, let me see. Oh yeah, this was like a like one like of the early Plus game, yeah, or something like that. Yeah. It was like early on in the in the previous gen, I guess PlayStation Four. Actually, it was on yeah. 360. I didn't know that. But um. But yeah, you're basically playing like this military group or I think there might be mer- mercenaries too, but they travel through time and every time you die, you pretty much like kind of reset. I, th- I thought this was like a cool like little way to justify it too. So I, I really, I really dug it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, like I, <laughs> what, what was it like the very first time you guys played on the, the final island? It, uh... I don't know. I, like, it was definitely like the first time I beat it. It was, I mean, I was still on easy, but it was definitely on a like, oh man, like this might be the, uh, this might be where it ends right here. Um, cause I think I was, um, I think I still, I was down to two, uh, two squad members. Uh, I forgot how one of them died. And then, um, I can't remember if on that last stage, if you have to worry about your, uh, your power level. I don't know if you still have to there, do yeah. you? Like the, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so I think I was almost, like, I was down to the last little bit on that. So it was like, all right, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. But, yeah, I actually finished it that first time, and I was like, man, that uh, felt pretty good. It felt good. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Trevor? The first time I got to this, that was pretty much when I hit a stride in this game. And I had so many upgrades to my mechs and my pilots. I just breezed through it. I think I was using the Blitzkrieg squad. but The one you hate? <laughs> man, so I probably spent the most time with that one. And huh. I, I spent a lot of time with them on normal. Um, because I was trying to unlock the next... Um, oh, gotcha. And gotcha. then once I switched to easy... It, like I said, this game was almost trivial after you know trying so hard on normal, and that was when I was up to like one o'clock in the morning. Like, oh, I think I got it now, and I, <laughs> I, I did funny. all four islands, and then went 
um, went to the final island. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was using pretty much everything at my disposal. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me, I think the very... I'm, I'm assuming, uh, Greg, when you when you got on the last level, how many islands had you completed? Uh, I did all of them. Okay. At that point, yeah. So, the reason why I was asking uh, is because typically... Um, because you've completed four islands, you will have gotten more experience and more reactors, so your mechs will be further along. So the game kind of tracks, like, was this a two-island two run? Was this a three-island run? Or was this a four-island run? And you can kind of, like, get medals and whatever and uh, with these different mechs when you, when you do runs uh, that are two, three, or four islands. But usually the four-island run is, I would say they're easier... I don't know how you guys feel. Um, the, your, your mechs are a lot stronger, but I feel like the, they do a good job of balancing. Um, so, like, usually if you're doing a two-island uh, run, uh, the last island or the, the, the boss island is, is, I feel like, a little bit easier. Uh, the, the enemies don't have quite as much damage and don't do as much damage as if you did it. So they do scale it up, but I just feel like your mechs are so much uh, stronger that um, it doesn't really matter. It's just a matter of, am I going to get overwhelmed? Uh, and you won't. You guys probably didn't experience on on easy as much, but like on the normal and on hard, a lot more enemies spawn. So you're dealing with more damage that the, that you can, uh, or more enemies you have to interact with, but also more damage that you're going to end up taking. Um, but I maybe not as much the case on easy. Um. Trying to think. Yeah, I, I actually before we um, recorded, I just did a, a, a four island run on hard, and that was the first time ever that I had beaten the game on hard, and it was my first try, and I was like super proud. Um, and like I said, I think when I had started playing this again, I was playing on easy, and I definitely, I think I told Trevor this, but like I was maybe winning ten or fifteen percent of the time that I would play. And now, like, when I play on normal, I, I feel like I've gotten good enough now that I, I can win, like, um, I would say 90% of the time. And now I'm like, okay, I think now I'm finally good enough or, like, knowledgeable enough that I can play on hard now. And so even though, like, there's definitely squads that I prefer over other squads, um, I, I do feel like I'm overall at a, a knowledgeable enough level now that I can probably use any squad and beat it on hard. Maybe not consistently or anything like that, but I'm going to work on trying to get there and being able to do it consistently on hard. That's my next goal. My next goal is just to unlock all the achievements for each squad. Oh, yeah, I'm working on that too. I'm one achievement away. <laughs> so then I can unlock the last squad. Um do you um do you foresee yourself continuing on with this or even just maybe not like at the way you had been playing it for the podcast but do you foresee yourself like maybe messing with this game every now and then or even after this podcast like are you going to play a little bit now you know this weekend are you just asking either of us both of you guys oh. it's important yeah. to me <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it's definitely gonna be a uh, just a kill time game for me like I think 
once I get my Switch, I don't know if you're around when I was talking about. I, I ended up buying a Switch, so uh, once I get that, hey, I'll welcome probably, to the uh, game. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably, uh, I'll probably start playing it on that, and yeah, I can see myself dumping a lot of time into it that way. Twelve months later, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm actually like. I think you'll you'll have a lot more fun with this game on Switch because, like I said, like this is the perfect like, like you said, damn near like it, I'm surprised this isn't a phone game, um, but like this is the perfect like phone game style where it's just like okay, I can do it, knock out a couple of turns or you know knock out a couple of maps while I'm waiting for this thing to happen or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think that having this game on Switch is really beneficial for you getting better at this game <laughs> yeah what about you trevor oh yeah um i'll probably play it some more before the end of the year before putting it away um i am enjoying it so i will um i will most likely get my money's worth out of it man won't they do it <laughs> <laughs> i never thought <laughs> Oh man, I'm so yeah. I'm 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 so glad that both of you guys like this game. So one thing, <laughs> one thing we haven't talked about is the squads, and I guess we don't have to go into all of them. Yeah. But y'all want to talk about favorites, least favorites? Yeah, yeah. So um, briefly touching on it, we kind of alluded to it earlier today, but like the squads are um, basically your tool. And each squad, uh, like, you start off with the, you know, we said that basic one that was pretty, like, a good introductory, kind of gave you the fundamentals. And then you have to complete achievements and just basically earn coins uh, in order to purchase, be able to purchase new more squads. And um, I think total there's eight squads, I think. And... Um, do you did you guys end up unlocking all the squads or no? I still need to unlock them all. How many? Do you know how many you did unlock? Uh, four, I believe. Four. Okay. And what about you, Trevor? Yeah, I unlocked all of them and did at least a three island round on all of them except for one. Well, you didn't lock the secret squad, right? Oh uh, well, I guess two then. You said there are eight, so I, I think yeah, there should be eight. There's eight, and then the secret squad. So yeah. I unlocked the eight. Okay, okay. So yeah, I'm I'm with you, uh, Trevor. The only way you can unlock the secret secret squad, you can either like use all your coins early on <laughs> and do it that way, or um, you uh, you basically you have to um, like in order to have everything unlocked, you have to do all the achievements. So I've done uh, all but one achievement. So I've got almost. I need one more coin in order to get the secret squad. Um, but they each of these squads have their unique play style. So we were saying with the first one that you start off with, it's pretty balanced. Um, all the squads do damage. All the squads kind of teach you the fundamentals of the game. But then you can start seeing, especially if the second squad. I think the second squad too. Like if you go in order, is. Um, the Rusting Hulk squad, I think. I think. Yeah. That's the second one. On the list. Um, 
but you don't, you can unlock them in any order you want. You just have to have enough coins to unlock them. So you could unlock uh, the Blitzkrieg one, which is Trevor's alluding to. But each of those squads play completely different than the first squad. So like the first one, everybody can do damage and everybody kind of interacts. And uh, it, it's a pretty balanced squad. And the, the Rusting Hulks, um, one of the squads doesn't do damage at all. All it does is just push everything around it. Uh, another squad is like a range kind of like mortar style and another one is an airplane but the the pull with this squad is is it leaves smoke behind mm-hmm. so like when you shoot the uh, artillery or the, the the mortar shot it shoots a, it leaves a little bit of smoke behind it when you upgrade it but it also its impact area causes smoke and then the same thing with the plane it does like a hopping attack and the, the area that it does damage leaves smoke. And then there's a passive that's attached to one of those mechs that when enemies are uh, in a grid that has smoke, not only do they not see, but they also take damage. So basically, this is one of those squads where you're slowly closing the map in on the opponent and like you're creating squares where not, o- they, not only can they not attack, but they're going to take damage there too. Um, so like that's a completely different play style than the first one Um, and I think the squad does a really good job of kind of teaching you um, about playing around the map and positioning because there's going to be times like depending I don't know if you guys ever ran into this where it's like oh crap I put all this smoke down and now I can't do anything (laughs) like (laughs) I can't shoot from this area or or, um, because like I think the other squads that the first squad you just do damage straight on. Like, you, you can be standing right next... You have to be standing right next to the squad or lined up with it. But, like, in this one, um, the, the the way the jet... You had to be able to jump to the other side of the enemy you were attacking, which was, like, completely different. And so, um, I don't know. I, I thought that squad was really nifty. And, like, really cool at teaching you other another playstyle. And then Trevor's favorite, the Blitzkrieg. Yeah, they, um, well, I don't know if it's my favorite exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I, I just spent the most time with them. So yeah. I got really used to their play style. Mm-hmm. And I didn't find another squad that had anything like the Boulder Mech. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a really unique yes. <laughs> mech to use. <laughs> I mean, just just because there's there's nothing, um, there there aren't any mechs that do anything similar to that one. I mean, like if we're being honest, one of I feel like the best things about this game is like I feel like every mech is unique. Yeah, it's like yeah. Even even like I think Greg said something before about there was this one mech that it had a grapple hook and it would pull enemies. It wouldn't do any damage. It would pull enemies right to you Mm -hmm. and then there was another uh, mech on a different squad that did the same exact thing but it only pulled at one square Mm -hmm. and like those played completely different you know and especially in the context of the mech or the squad too because the hook with the blitzkrieg is the the main uh, mech is the lightning mech and it has this lightning whip and it did damage on anything it was standing by but because it was attacking with electricity, 
you could basically if you could chain together a lot of damage by having enemies grouped up together and even using buildings you where you could swing on a like if there if you were on one side of a row of buildings and the enemy was on the other side you could attack the building and not do any damage to it but it would do damage to the enemy and uh, you could also set up some sticky situations where you're doing damage through your mechs to the enemies as well. And I agree with you. It's a super, super interesting play style. And that's when I realized I needed to get better at this game <laughs> when, I first <laughs> when I first played this mech. Because I'm like, hold on, how he die? So many times. And it's funny because this was actually the second one that I unlocked after, or the the first one I unlocked. I remember it. You said, I don't and like this squad. I was playing it on normal. <laughs> and I was just like, man, what am I doing wrong? I can't even get past the second, the first island on this one. Um, and then once I did switch to easy, I mean, I just like breezed through with this mm-hmm. squad. Yeah, and then they have like other like we don't have to go through all the squads, but there's the Steel Juduko, um Juduka and um it's like a kinda like a grapple <laughs> a grapple class. That's one of my favorites too. Um and then they had um the <clears throat> uh what was the next one? Z- Zenith Guard. Um, where um, they they played around with uh, one of the mechs had a laser and another one you had to ram into enemies and you did damage to yourself when you did an attack. That's the one I liked. Really, you like that yeah. one? <laughs> yeah, because it had the defense mech, so you could also shield up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that one was it was cool. Like one of my like one of the things you could do. There's a there's a um. A couple of different mechs. I think there's two or three that do their their default attack does uh, damage to uh, itself. Well, there was a um, specific uh, pilot that he had. He came with one. His his ability was one point of armor. So any of the self damage at the the base level, like when you're low level, um, where it did minus one damage to your mech. You would just do no damage, so you never had to worry about healing up or anything with those mechs. And it was super. It's it's like a super good like. Oh, I'm gonna use this dude if I'm playing one of these these uh, squads for sure. Um, let's see what's the other. Oh, the F- flame behemoths was another one where their whole gameplay revolved around doing fire Trash. and like. Really, man, I cannot. I stand loved. That I love that squad because like. All the other squads took fire damage, but this one didn't. And I just really, really love... You were talking about Unique with the Boulder mech. I really love the swap mech. The, the one that you could teleport people. I never... Sw- swap places. I never had any situations where it was useful. Oh, dude. So many situations. Like, you could do it over bodies of water because it was a flying mech. Um, you could do it... Um, when you upgraded it, you could... You could uh, do it over more than one square. So, like, when that thing is fully upgraded, you could literally teleport. You could swap positions with somebody halfway across the map. So, like, you were guaranteed, like, like at the lower levels, this, the, the the mech isn't that, that good. But once you get higher up and you put some reactors on it, it becomes so OP where you could just literally, like, teleport something into a body of water halfway across the map. It's a guaranteed kill. Like, every time. 
Or like if, if there was anything you had to defend that was movable, like the, the prototype bombs or anything, you could just teleport with that thing and get it out of... And especially, I, like, I, I liked playing that specific mech with the pilot that you could do an attack and then move one more square. So you could, like, swap an enemy into another thing to take damage and also move out of the way. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so... I oh, I, lo- I love that squad. That's probably my second favorite squad. Um, my favorite squad is the, the Ice Squad, the Frozen Titans. I didn't care for that one either. I love that squad. <laughs> I think the uh, the the one with the shield is probably my favorite mech in the game because it just makes me think of Taskmaster. <laughs> um, but uh, he had an attack that it did damage, and then it flipped uh, the enemies attack. So if they were attacking north, it would flip it to south or vice versa. Um, so that that was really cool. Then they had a, a tank that shot out both ends. And then they had a mech that would freeze enemies, but then it also would freeze itself. And so, like it, that's that's a mech for really good. That squad is really good for teaching you how to do uh, your turn order, because then you could always freeze your uh, use your ice mech, and then use the cannon one and shoot at your ice mech to unfreeze it. Still, so you don't have to waste a turn unfreezing it, or. You could also kind of use it like the boulder mech that you like, Trevor, where you freeze somebody, but you freeze yourself on top of like where the ground is, you know, emerging. So you're blocking and you get basically a free hit, like a free hit of damage, you know, Mm -hmm. without like it basically the mech emerging uh, breaks you out of the ice and you don't take any damage. So, yeah, I I really that that mech taught me like I love that mech. That, that class, I, I should say, or that squad. I like the concept of it, but the ice mech got on my nerves. Like, I wish there, <laughs> I wish it didn't like freeze you for the duration of the battle. Oh, you just would have to heal yeah, up. Yeah, I know, but oh yeah, I just I hated that. Yeah, I I get it. Yeah, it, 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 you have it, it teaches you you have to like play around and um, positioning is kind of important with that mech. Um, one of the things that uh, I think there was um, uh, one of the uh, mechs or pilots that when you got to it, you got to do two actions on a turn. So like you could end a turn frozen, and then when you start your next turn, you could uh, heal and then shoot again. And so like you could always do like two two things in one turn with that that particular pilot, and that was very helpful. Wait, you're saying you could heal and that would break the ice? That breaks the ice, oh, yes. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it took me a little bit, too. So I was thinking the same thing as you were. It's like, it's I guess like, I'm frozen the whole why time. Why am I putting one of my mechs out of, out of commission <laughs> in the middle of battle? Like, that doesn't sound strategic at all. Okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, so on your next yeah, turn, you... you could just heal yourself and then that... Correct, huh, correct. Okay. I might try out yeah. that squad again then. <laughs> I might. <laughs> I mean, I, I beat the game. You know, I did a three island run with them. So, so supposedly, I'm, I'm I have a, a thing up, and uh, this is this person spent a hundred hours of uh, played a hundred hours of the game and has a hundred percent completion rate, and he ranked the 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 squads, and he says the Frozen Titans is the best squad in the game. Mm, questionable. Well, he said he said the secret squad and the steel Jaduka is the the two worst. What? 
Serge yeah. Dukas was one of my favorites. It's, they suck in the beginning. I think it. I think it also just depends on the difficulty level too. And I'm not, you know, not knocking or whatever. But like, like I did a two island squad, run with them. That squad is kind of rough uh, early on because you're not doing any damage. And like on hard, it's or on normal, it's it's tough. I can't imagine it on hard right now. <laughs> but they're not doing any damage to you. Yeah, but there's you're not. You know how we were saying like. Oh, well, it's three on three. Oh, it's three on... Well, then it becomes three on seven. And it's not necessarily them doing damage on you. It's doing damage on your buildings. <laughs> well, you'll see, though. You'll see. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last squad is the uh, Hazardous Squad. And um, they are uh, interesting. I-, I didn't really use them that much on PC. I didn't really like them. But I played them a bunch here on Switch. And um, I started liking them a lot more. And they they had they were um, that squad was interesting because it was a it was a, a, a mech that shot acid, um, and um, he did no damage, but it shot acid. And then the other two did damage to both the enemy and themselves. So uh, they were pretty high damage, but uh, like they did they did a decent amount of damage in the beginning, but they also took damage and they had low life. So, uh, but the cool thing is the, the, there was a passive that one of, uh, that the poison mech had that when you kill an enemy with, um, one of those mechs, it regains life back. So, um, but only on killing hits. So it was kind of interesting sometimes where it was like, oh, like if I, if I hit this enemy with this thing, I can re- get his life back. But he's not in a position to do that, so I have to kill him with his other one and just, like, waste a turn healing this mech or, or something like that. So, like, that one really taught you about positioning as well because you had to utilize your poison mech to get, like, an enemy covered in acid or whatever. So that way you, you get the most amount of damage uh, with a single attack with these other enemies or these other mechs. And those were just, like, super unique, too. Uh, I felt like that, that hopping one, I thought that one was really cool. Um. So, what was your guys' favorite favorite squad? Mm, for me, it was probably uh probably uh, Zenith Guard, okay. um, or Blitzkrieg. Mm-hmm. Those probably like my two favorites. Gotcha. And what was your least favorite? Uh, Rus- uh Was it Rusting Hulks? Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. I I didn't like the jet that much. I guess that was what was holding me up the most. Mm-hmm. Like it's really good when you level it up. It yeah, sucks. I was about to say once you get the uh, the double jump. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I can see that being pretty good then. Yeah. Did you? So what? What did you like about the uh, the two that you liked? Uh, so for Blitzkrieg, I liked the the Boulder Mech, like being oh, able okay. to either move enemies or like. Block. Uh, yeah, blocking from coming out. That was probably like my favorite thing. And then the uh, the lightning, being able to take out like multiple targets with with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Y'all just like the damage ones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then uh, and then for um, uh, what was it for Zenith? It was just being able to uh, shield up. Uh, you know, being able to shield up the buildings or like in, you know your teammates or whatever. So that was a. Uh, it's probably clutch. the most clutch thing for me. Mm-hmm. So you could have your perfect runs. <laughs> yeah. 
And what about you, Trevor? What was um, your favorites? It's between four of them, actually. I think I like okay. all of them equally. Okay. <laughs> I, I just spent more time with um, Blitzkrieg. Blitzkrieg and Riftwalkers, the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are fun. You know, Riftwalkers is really balanced. Um, but still, Jadukas is... Judu, ju, wow. Uh, Judoku. Judoka. Hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> um... I just like that one because I don't take any damage. Like I'm, I'm basically just blocking every hit that the enemies throw at me. It's only with that one. Um, isn't that the one that has um the, the grapple one, the one that flips them? Yeah. Um, I thought that was the only one. Let me see. What did the other ones do? Because the other one, um, it, it it made enemies do an extra point of damage on each other. Okay, I was thinking this one had the one that could put shields on buildings, or oh no, that was the one Greg was talking about. That was um the uh, zenith, uh, zenith, yeah. Hmm, maybe I'm getting those two mixed up then. That had the laser and the charging one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I'll give an honorable mention to uh, rusting hulks. I know King Zone eighty seven. And on uh, Twitch said he liked that one too. That was his favorite. But this one was really fun because I was pretty much every run that I was doing, every time I unlocked a new squad, I was just going for the achievements so I could get more coins to unlock the next squad. And mm-hmm. this one to me had really fun achievements, or at least the one with the uh, electric smoke. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then that was pretty much just my strategy throughout the rest of the the timeline that I played with the Rusting Hulks was just that, cover the entire map with smoke <laughs> push enemies into it that's another reason why I didn't like the smoke the desert level it's like cause when you play this squad it's like oh the smoke <laughs> actually does damage but then normally it doesn't yeah. it's just like oh well that sucks cause like fire always does damage acid always you know makes you take twice as much damage but the smoke doesn't always right. you know cause damage um, but yeah, uh, like I already covered my two my two favorites were the Frozen Titans and the Flame Behemoths, and I'm surprised that you didn't like the Flame Behemoths, Trevor, just because like you were just saying with the um, the Rusting Hulks, like they had a squad, um, like their objective was pretty similar. It was just like get everything on fire and it was uh, just the do swap a bunch of damage. Yeah, I was just never oh, in situations where it was useful. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts. That hurts. Um, but yeah, like that—that that was always my. I, those two are my favorite. Um, and then least favorite um, was probably either the Steel Juduka or. Um, uh, I think really that's the only one. I, I I would probably say Blitzkrieg too. Honestly, I don't. I'm not as fond of that as you guys are because. There's just too many situations that I've found myself in where it's just like, oh, well, I'm going to have to sacrifice. Uh, and, and maybe I like I should probably play the squad this way and like not care about the pilots. But there's just too many times where I just like, well, I could kill every enemy, but then I'll lose this mech <laughs> or I'll kill this pilot. Or I could, you know, and it's just like, oh, I hate I hate having to make that decision. Uh, but it, it happens so many times when I play this mech, this squad. 
Did you say your least favorite Craig? Um, I feel like I didn't have a least favorite because I hadn't unlocked everything yet. But I guess like I don't know, like Riff Walkers would probably be like maybe my least favorite. I mean, they're they're good and the they're Ryu. super, <laughs> yeah, they're like super functional or whatever. But they don't have like a lot of fun tools, right? It's just kind of by the number stuff, right? It one of my favorite things with that one was like after you clear an island, like you know, going to the shop. And like they random, they're random things that you unlock. But I feel like in the shop, they're they're a little bit more catered to at least being in the same class as your mechs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked getting with the uh, punching mech. I don't remember the name of it. Uh, let's see, what is it called? The um, combat mech. You know where you upgraded to do the bionic arm, the dash punch. Yeah, getting rocket punch too. So then, like, being able to do, like, I can either, like, I got it a couple times where it was, like, um, I could do a, you know, a bonic arm and just dash punch and across the screen and kill somebody, or I could do something where I, I just shoot my fist and I move back a square and I, I can hit something behind me, and that was always super satisfying to, like, if I so happen to get uh, the rocket punch as well, then just being able to, like, have those options. It, it was really, like... The sweet spot in this game is like getting like a, a ability that is super sick, and like having a wealth of riches. Where it's like now this mech can address this situation and this situation. You know, like that was one of my favorite things about uh, longer runs of this game. Unfortunately, um, it was it was random, so you can always and there's enough variety in the abilities too. Uh, so you're not like always getting the same flavor of mech. Um, <clears throat> there was one other thing. Shoot, what was I gonna say? I can't remember now. Oh yeah, it didn't change the aesthetic of your mech, and I kind of wish like you could like if I equipped like the the electric whip on my uh, combat mech, I wish he was holding that or something like that. Or you know, like I know it's stupid. But, like, I wish it was, like, you had some type of visual representation. Because you could also, I don't know if you guys ever did this, but if you ever got a mech and then just got rid of its main ability, like, with the ice mech, I remember the very first time I played it, I didn't understand it. So the first time I got, like, a different ranged ability, I just started using that instead. And then I ended up selling the ice part. (laughs) And it just, it doesn't change the way your mech looks or anything. And I think that would have been a cool touch, but whatever, two people made this game, so... I ain't holding it against them. Right. Um, you got anything else, Trevor or Greg? We've been long, but well-deserved. The music in this game sounds like menu music. Is that good or bad? Um, it's, it's fine. Really? Huh. I, I'm not even gonna lie to you. I turned the music off, and I would just either listen to podcasts or I would uh I would be listening to just playlists while I was playing this. That is my preferred um way of playing any handheld games. Is usually to have like a podcast going in the background or whatever. But um, I'm not saying this this music is like dope or like banging or anything like that. It's not no bops on here. But I think it really does set the the mood. Um, one of the things that I saw, um, for this game, when, so the guy that did the music for this game, Ben Prunty, also did the music for, um, FTL. Uh, he also, um, 
did a remix of one of the uh, bonus levels of Celeste. Because I remember telling you guys and being super excited about it when we recorded because uh, I recognized his name and it sounds like him too. And I was like super impressed where it sounded like FTL and Celeste at the same time. But um, yeah, the, he, he um, I had this in the in the it was on Wikipedia. It said, uh, like with FTL, Prunty and Subset wanted to use a style of music not normally associated with the narrative genre, but had difficulty in deciding which direction it should go. Particularly that they felt that music for a strategy game should be soft and quiet. Uh, Ma shared with Prunty two cellos tank on Hans Zimmer Mombasa from Inception the movie, which gave uh, Prunty the inspiration to create the game's first music track, which was used in the game's teaser trailer, and then that was kind of like his jumping off point, so he wanted to make like a um, soft and kind of quiet, kind of like you said, Trevor, with with it being um, kind of menu mm-hmm. music, but I do think that he kind of, and this is me being biased, but like... FTL sounds like when you listen to the music he makes, it's very to me evocative of like space and I like outer space. And to me, this music now is like associated when I think of like mechs and stuff like that. Um, I think this game does have a, like a military kind of feel to it, and sometimes it does feel a little ominous. But uh, in a, in a good way, like there's danger lurking and things like that. Um, but as far as like strategy music goes, I feel like it, it pretty much nails it. But it's also like not like a genre of game where I'm like this music has to be good or else, you know? Yeah, it's like I'm not saying this is bad, you know. I'm just saying, sure, sure, it's it's there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not it's not banging tracks like on Love Trousers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did like the sound design on this game. Like I, I think um just the the sound effects and yeah. Like I I think that was great. I just mm-hmm. the music in this game just wasn't as memorable. Well, I like it. Don't think it's the best though, so I feel you. It does the job. Um, anything else? No? Okay. So, are you cool with this game and, like, you like it more than Advance Wars? Oh, yeah. By, yeah. by a lot. A lot? Yeah. Do you think uh, some of it just has to do with... I mean, I, I think Advance Wars is still, like, how it is. Like, even the, the later ones. But do you think it's just, like... Because they took like modern approaches to things, or it's just like the game is just so completely different. And it's like to me, it feels more pick up and play in short bursts than Advance Wars does. I mean, maybe there are some uh, fights in Advance Wars that just don't take that long, but uh-huh. I don't recall it being that way necessarily. But like this, I feel like you're in and out. You can bang out like a couple missions or whatever, and like. 10 minutes or whatever like just be in and out so um whereas i feel like you can't accomplish as much in advance wars like that yeah yeah trevor um wait you're asking me if if i think it's yeah like are, yeah like i know you like this game and you like it more than advance wars right 
<laughs> oh yeah. Um, I mean, it's. I I don't know how else. Um, hmm. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk trash on Advance Wars. Okay. <laughs> I know Dante's probably listening. Uh, I don't think he had anything particular. I, don't, I mean, I know he enjoyed it, but I don't think he was like, you can't talk bad about this game or whatever. Um, not like the people that were suggesting the game. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> um, so, you guys both said you guys are in, intending to continue on playing the game? Oh, yeah. I think the achievements are challenging enough and rewarding enough to try to go for all of them. And then unlock the last squad. Does this game build any desire or interest in trying out FTL? I've played FTL. Does this game build any desire or interest for you guys to try and play FTL? Is FTL like this? FTL is not like this. It is. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> so um, that was one of the things uh, uh, when I I was super hyped when this game came out and I was talking about it all all over social media and everything and I, I feel like I have many friends but only like four or five of them whenever I used to nerd out about FTL and talk about it on social media would like ever entertain me and um so everybody just knows that I'm a huge FTL fan, and uh, when this when this game was coming out and came out, and I was playing. I was like, "Oh, both of these games are equal. I love them both. I can't tell which one I like more." Blah, this and this and this, and like all those people that I knew that played FTL. Like, I don't think I think the only other person that I know that's played into the breach is my brother, and it's so sad. It was so sad. It was like, damn, like FTL, like. In my life, you know, it's like five people out of I don't know how many hundreds of people I know. So it's like, oh, like, you know, 2% of the people I know in my life played FTL. And then it was like, Into the Breach, it was like, oh, it's me and one other person. Less than 1%. And it's just like, damn. There's not even a big diagram between these two groups of people. Um, but yeah, um, that that was something that I was just curious if you guys had any interest in, like, checking out any of their their other game to see if uh, that struck a chord with you guys. Um, and, I, and I will say here that as much as I like this game, I think I can finally, after putting you know way more time in it now, I can say with definitiveness that I think FTL is... I like FTL more, and I think it's a better game than Into the Breach. Hmm. <clears throat> I think the... Uh, their, the highs are more high and the lows are more low in FTL. <laughs> I don't. I think FT- I don't remember a lot from what I played because it's been a few years. Mm. There, there is. Uh, I think the game is way harder, and or I shouldn't say way harder. It is. I feel like it's a more of a challenge to learn, and I feel like the game is more punishing. Uh, FTL does not. I'm not. I don't mean this in like a dismissive way because I don't think Into the Breach does either. But FTL does not hold your hand at all. Like they basically show you, okay, here's you know the tutorial, and then you're on your own. 
And I, I feel like Into the Breach does a better job of teaching you the game and like you learning and building upon that stuff. I feel like it's pretty natural in Into the Breach. I don't necessarily feel the same way in FTL. Um, FTL is also like just like a longer game, like less pick up and play um, friendly than Into the Breach. And uh, I, I feel like um, the last boss in FTL, like. I don't know how many times that you guys um, got to the last boss on, uh, or, you know, did the last mission on Into the Breach and failed, but, like, I've, I, yeah, you, you're gonna fail a lot in FTL. <laughs> There's a lot of failure in that game. Um, anything else? Alright, Trevor, great game, great experience? Yeah, I'll say great game, great experience. Greg, great game, great experience. Yeah, definitely a great game, great experience. It's going to be high up on the list of. Let's like, go. <laughs> Let's go. I got to balance it out, so I'm just going to drop it a few. <laughs> man, I'm so happy. Oh man, finally! Not only did I bring some people over to the light side, but they actually enjoyed it. <laughs> I was talking so much cash shit. <laughs> it's like, we're about to play the number one game, boys. <laughs> you forgot we played Oscar's Wrath this year. So. <laughs> we're about to play the number one game, boys. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I was like, you know, I get very confident and cocky about the things that I like and feel like I have great taste and stuff and people just don't have as good a taste as me. Oh, speaking and, of not having the same taste as you, Dante says he <laughs> fell off FTL super fast. Well, you know, Dante, if you want me to watch you and give you some tips, then I got you. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's good to hear that, like, hey, I think you will like this game. You should play it. It's pretty fun. And, like, it actually worked out for a change, you know? Because normally it would be a game like FTL, which is, like, you know, like, I, I, I don't think that game is for everybody. I think that game is... Uh, there are going to be people. Dante probably will be one of those people. You probably too, Trevor, where it's just like, you know what? I get it. I understand it, but it's not for me. But I think Into the Breach is just a better made game. And I feel like it's a, a more like, if when you get it, you get it. And it, and it kind of digs its heels in there and it's claws in on you. Um, yeah, so I'm obviously going to say great game, great experience. Like I said, this is... You know, like I'm, I'm out here saying like, oh, it's not as good as FTL, but like both of those games are definitely in my top fifteen, if not top ten. You know, all games, both of those games. So I love this game. You know, love it. Um, was there anything I just thought of this? Was there anything that either you guys would want to change about the game that you think would make you enjoy it more? maybe more islands uh, but who knows maybe that's something that they'll add further down the road I don't know but that's it really um I don't think so okay yeah I kind of I don't want to say I feel like it's the perfect game but I, I do feel like it's it's very 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 well made um and like even you can play a run 10 times same squad same pilot same uh, you know everything 
but you know, like each level, each map, the 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 things that you're gonna have to deal with are gonna be different. Um, and then also when you clear an island, like the unlockables, there's enough diversity in the um, the weapon types and just the things that you the equipment type that you get uh, that you find that you can create different flavor of uh, mechs every time, where you can play the same mech ten times and every time one of his two abilities is going to be completely different and just like make you play a different different way yeah that um, um like when we were playing D D the other night and our dm mentioned he loved the game and how it was mm-hmm. a um, he caught that was the first time i heard it referred to as a roguelike and i didn't mm-hmm. even think about it that way at first but it definitely has like roguelike elements to it mm-hmm. i guess it's more of a roguelite yeah, yeah, I, I will say that, yeah. So, um, but yeah. I, FTL is a roguelike, and Into the Breach is a roguelite. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I kind of piggybacking off Greg, what he had said is, I, I just wish that um there was more content, and I like, again, I don't even know, like, more islands would be cool. Um, maybe uh, more uh, squads, but honestly, I feel like you got enough diversity with the the squads you got. Like I, I remember thinking, like man, like if I could make my own squad with like or like if I was a developer and I was to add a new squad, like what would I want it to be, and would it not just be a combination of what they already have, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Because it's like, it's kind of like, I think I made this same thing with uh, another game we played, but it's like Tetris, where it's just like, when the guy made Tetris, he had chose the correct number of, you know, pieces. If he chose one more, the game would have felt, you know, different, and one le- it wouldn't have been perfect. Yeah. And I feel like it's the same way with this, where it's like, what other ability could you really give um, these mechs? that you already haven't covered with the bonus abilities that you can purchase, you know? And honestly, I'm, I'm just hesitant to say, you know, this game needs this or that because I haven't fully explored everything this game has to offer anyways. Sure, Like, sure. even when you were telling me about the, um, the Frozen mech, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't even aware of that, so. Yeah. Like, there, there's a lot of stuff that you don't, uncover with this game too but like you just get it through osmosis or through experience and so like I, I, I remember playing that mech many times and like not getting it and then when I realized that I was like oh okay you know and, and then also like like I said um, one of the things I don't understand because I feel like the games are pretty good there are way more people that stream FTL than Into the Breach so like oftentimes like on Twitch like there's at any given time like when I was watching them more recent more regularly um you could probably find at least double digit uh ftl streamers and uh into the breach there was usually one or two at most and it was just kind of like i don't understand that because i feel like into the breach is a I, I think there's like a it's not as hard so like it, it it feels like i think maybe with strategy games too like maybe it feels like um Oh, like this is a single player experience. I, you know, I'm just going to just enjoy this by myself. And I, for whatever reason, FTL it seems like a more dynamic, like stream friendly game. But I, I do feel like it was very insightful early on uh, into the reach to kind of watch streams and watch other people's strategies and kind of 
helped me learn things as well. So I would definitely recommend anybody listen to this if they want to get into Into the Reach or just kind of see. I definitely recommend trying to peep some uh, Twitch streamers if you can find any. Or maybe we can get Trevor to stream it. <laughs> um, where can people find you at, Trevor? You can find me on the internet at Lyric Unsung. Where can people find you at, Greg? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Boombox Hero. Facebook should be the same, Boombox Hero. And on Twitch at twitch.tv slash magnegro with a zero instead of an O at the end. Are you streaming anything? Uh, all I've really been streaming is Street Fighter and Hearthstone, but I might try and stream a few runs of this. Hey, if you do, hit me up. <laughs> I got, I got hit you, me I got up. you. Because there's, there's also a thing to, uh, to make it, uh, like, it's an easy game to stream because they have this uh, option that you can turn on the coordinates of the grid. So you can oh, really? say, like, oh, yeah, so like, I can be in the stream, uh, the chat and be like, move the combat mech to C4 and attack in this, you know, like, and, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I, I, I saw that and I was like, I want to have that on at all times <laughs> and... So like I have it on when I'm playing, and it's just like I don't like I'm not streaming the game or anything, but it's just like I gotta have it seen it that way. So it looks naked without it. Uh, are you streaming anything, Trevor? I know you said you hadn't been streaming a little no. bit. No, just I haven't streamed anything. You gonna at stream still lethally? <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. Um, well, I guess um, that's the end of the show. <laughs> Um, we have, uh, I think, did you guys end up doing your list? No, I need to do it. Okay. Uh, maybe we can try to knock that out and have the list ready for tomorrow. I can cook up something. Yeah. Or, I mean, I'm down to do it after this episode too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always ready. To, uh, yeah. I always got a list on me. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, next month we're having the last of the year. Uh, it is, uh, guests choice game uh and it was chosen by my brother uh we gave him a couple of options and he chose greg's game katana zero so you guys uh pick that up if you're playing alongside with us um and like i said we're gonna get our list going for next year so we'll probably knock out the first couple of months and have an announcement for that uh for the next episode but definitely you can check out uh the calendar on our Facebook page, uh, uh, facebook.com slash mischeckpoints, and um, you can see the schedule when we post it with the next couple of months of games that will be. Um, uh, if you like tuning into Miss Checkpoints to find out about hidden gems, cult classics, and indie games, then share us with your friends, family, and the not shitty subreddit communities you're in. Comment on our Facebook page, add us on Twitter, leave us a review, preferably five stars, and have a podcast so we can appear higher in the leisure category. We obviously enjoy doing this. Um, otherwise, we wouldn't have been, what, like three years strong? Four years strong? <laughs> Something like that. Um, and uh, get an opportunity to, like, show my homies this game. You know, had to, had to you know, get a little bit of that advance for in. And then, like, two years later, I spring into the breach on Hong Kong. Yeah, so now I got to figure out what's the game I can say, hey, remember we played this? Go ahead and vote for FTL, bruh. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and as you saw, like we had uh, somebody hit us up and like, you know, we shout them out or whatever on the show and, you know, answer the question ahead. So 
we like doing that stuff and love hearing from you guys. Uh, so tell us what you like about the episodes, what you agreed with, what you disagreed with, what you want us to play next. Um, and yeah, uh, and with that, we're Miss Checkpoints and we're out. Peace.